wake up and get out of bed Don't delay your sleepy head Grab a seat on the couch Listen to what we're talking about In a Saturday morning pajamas Hello and welcome. Get yourself a soda, maybe a tub of popcorn, some Starburst perhaps. As Saturday Morning Pajamas presents At The Matinee. I'm your host, Jax, and today I am joined with AJ, and we are going to discuss a recent release in the theaters. No, not X-Men. Sorry, that was sold out. We went and saw Alice Through the Looking Glass, and I think we made a pretty good decision. What about you? Okay, so one of us has taste. Yeah, me. You know, what... This, this is coming from the woman who liked Piranaconda. It's catchy, what can I say? So, for those who do not know, this is the sequel to 2010s-ish? Um, 10s-ish, yeah. Yeah. Eight, uh, maybe, actually. Something around that. Yeah. Alice in Disney's Alice in Wonderland, which, if I recall, got mixed reviews as well. So... Fucking futterwhacking. If you've... Do me a favor. Next we get a chance on Google... Look up Lewis Carroll's poem, The Jabberwocky. There is an actual poem with the Jabberwocky, and it mentions that dance thing that giant Fine. death Fine. It mentions it in a poem by Lewis Carroll. Doesn't mean they had to shoehorn it into the movie and make it a focus. Details. Anyway. We, dig- we digress. So, since this is a sequel, you're thinking, well, everything's going to be exactly the same with all the same people. Okay, fine, so you're right. But this time, I personally think they did a little bit better, and they just, I think the story was a little more coherent. Uh, to explain, we're going to spoil the movie for you. Since you're listening to this, you shan't be shocked, and we're going to go over the plot of this film. Warning, 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 spoilers. So far, no one's complained about spoilers, so you know what? Well, it's going to keep going with them. So the film starts out with Alice, played by Mia... Something or other. Yeah. And she is, you know, she was in the park in the first one we introduced to her. We had a garden party, and it was all nice and calm. Yeah, no. And through the looking glass, she is friggin' a sea captain somewhere in Southeast Asia. And they're like running from Chinese junk ships. Oh, this just opens us up for the... For the spinoff, Alice versus Pirates. Giant Depps and both. They have technology. Anyways! <laughs> so, we have this scene where Alice is trying to outrun... Is captaining the ship. And they're trying to outrun the junk ships who are shooting them because reasons. And she does something crazy and they live. And this scene is meant to show that Alice takes chances. Whatever. She believes that the um, the impossible is possible. Yes. <gasps> Which wasn't that the point of the first movie, so we're gonna just keep that going here. Hey, she learned her she learned her lesson from the first movie. Great, it's a great way to at least keep the cohesion. Yes. So Alice gets back to England. She's been gone three years. Uh, her mom has is upset because she didn't hear from Alice as often as she would have liked. And she really wants Alice to settle down and follow the life script and, you know, marry someone, have babies, all and that shit. And because she didn't hear from Alice as often as she liked, she sold her stock in the company. Oh, no, Alice doesn't know that yet. Oh. We have to get there. 
so if everyone, you know, we all have to remember our favorite character from the first movie, Hamish. You know, the dude that proposed to her, that, lovely. The dude that proposed to her, and she I told him. talking about Hamish. No. <laughs> she told him no. Yeah, that guy, apparently he needed to come back, because everyone had to come back. Everyone. Seriously. Tweedledee, Tweedledum, Cheshire Cat, the Good Witch, the, the Red Queen, um... Uh, pretty much, uh, they 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 shoehorn in, shoehorn, they shoehorn in people who have no point being in the story other than to give you a line of exposition and then go away for the rest of the movie. Yeah, it, there, there's really no point to having them in the movie in the multiple scenes they are in, by the way. But you know they're still there. But who cares? They have no point in the story. I I, I gotta say. Anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump a little far ahead in the story, so go ahead and continue on. Alright, so anyways, Hamish, is getting ma- Hamish has gotten, gotten married to someone else now, and Alice decides that since he apparently is part of the council that owns her ship, that at this party he's having that she's not invited to, it's totally cool for her and her mom to show up uninvited and discuss business. Let's disregard the fact that then there is now many hours between this conversation and and when the party happens, but it's not till they get to the party that Alice is informed by Hamish that her mom sold, traded the house, as well as all the stocks that Alice had in the company for... For, what, for whatever, they never tell us. No, they don't. I, I'm assuming there was like some hard money, money hardships, but this couldn't be talked about until Alice is embarrassed in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. Seriously. So, Alice is upset, and basically she must choose. She can either... Trade in her dad's ship, which the one she captains, trade in her father's ship that he loved in order to get the house back for her mom, or her mom has to find somewhere to live, I guess. They really don't go into why does mom need the house, because that's never discussed. It's all like, why are we still on the ship? They never talk about the house. And so she gets so extremely frustrated with the situation, she runs off. And in the point of running off, a blue butterfly shows up, and she follows it because... Hey, it's the glory of Alan Rickman. Yes. Hey, would you follow Alan Rickman if he was a I'd follow friend? Alan Rickman into the depths of hell. Hopefully that's not where he is right now. But. <laughs> Too soon. Too you soon. brought it up. <laughs> so she follows them, and then this time, instead of going down a rabbit hole, hmm, how shall we get to Wonderland? Maybe she goes through the looking glass. Which just conveniently happens to be on Hamish's property. Which, okay, in the first movie, were they on Hamish's property in the garden as well? Yeah, that just shows they, how crazy his, uh, crazy his psycho his life is. Why does he get all the cool entrances? Like, seriously. just Because wh- he's a lord. Yeah, whatever. Lordy, lordy, lord. I am lord. La, 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 la. I am lord. La, la, la. Anyway. <laughs> So she, she gets, goes. Oh, go ahead. She gets to Wonderland. She uh, sees the White Queen, who's there with the Cheshire Cat and Tweedledee and Tweedledum, the um, the Dormouse from the Tea Party, all that stuff. And she is told the Mad Hatter is sad. So she goes to find out what's going on. And apparently, the Mad Hatter suddenly has a family that he didn't care about during the first movie, but now he misses. And things happen, and basically. He believes his family had died, but then now he's recently gotten a clue that they might be alive. So, plot, Alice must go 
to the personification of time played by Borat. And now, now here's where I, I've got to stop you. Shining beacon of light in this entire movie is Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh yeah, he's I, awesome. I, I am not a fan of his movies. I'm not a fan of Borat. I'm not a fan of Bruno. Any of that. I'm not a fan of Ali G. But God damn, it's when this man is an is an actual actor, he can fucking. Oh man, he's fantastic. He was a bright moment in Les Mis. He played. What's his name, dude, who owned the N that had the yeah, it, teen? He was in Les Mis, and he was also yeah. paired up with um, Helena Bonham Carter. Just like he was in Sweeney Todd and with Johnny Depp and Mrs. And ta- Carter. And I'm talking about he was also teamed up with her in Alice. Well, yeah. But we'll get to that. In this house. So. Wait, what else? This house? Yes, that's what we're talking about in the first place. I know, but I'm just I'm creating a connection point. Basically, Borat and Mrs. Tim Burton are some of the brighter points in the film. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, let me put it this way: they outshine Johnny Johnny Depp. Oh, we doubt completely. Yeah, sorry, but the Mad Hatter is. While the story seems to be basically, he is the MacGuffin for all the plot things happening. Why did they make his eyes look like teeth in this movie? Like mm-hmm. little opening mouths, and they, and they digitally enhanced his eyes to make them look larger, and it's just creepy, creepy as hell. It's like uncanny valley levels of creepy. We'll get back to that, because <laughs> you know I don't know who the ma- design, mm-hmm. um, form over function. Huh? Anyway. So, so she goes to the personification of time, played by Sasha Baron Cohen, and... She go. must steal this magical, shiny thing that actually turns into a gyroscope, which really is a time machine that's power, that's controlled just like a boat, so we have some way to connect things and, and explain why she... it's called the chronosphere. And, oh, here comes my favorite movie trope of all, to just get the plot moving along. Time travel! Bullshit time travel! And might I add, at the moment they said she had to go back in time... My reaction was, I'm out. Do not get me started on the overuse of time travel, jokes included, in recent media. Okay. Mr. I Watch Wrestling, and we're going to pretend a refrigerator box is a time machine for a joke. It was a (laughs) funny-ass joke. That's the one place you should... I I was ready at this point when they mentioned time travel to go... Oh, was this like the that magical island with the polar bears, the big wheel below the mm-hmm. island that made us go back in time? And then there was the polar bear sex cage and all this stuff. Talking about Lost, if you haven't seen it, lucky you. And I'm getting weird looks because he does not understand that joke. I knew about the polar bear. I knew about the smoke monster. I never watched the show. I just heard about it. I never heard about the fucking polar bear sex cage. Kate and Sawyer are locked up in one of the polar bear cages and they proceed to get busy because apparently it's romantic. Polar Bear Sex Dungeon. Who yeah. knew? Yes. That was the complete reaction when that episode aired, and we were, me and my roommate at the time were like, uh-huh. Right. I, I wonder what else is on. So, so she, she goes back in time. She basically, she has to go back in time to find out what happened to the Hatter's family, and things happen, and you, oh, there's rules. You can't see yourself because then the world will implode. I think Doc Brown told us that in Back to the Future, maybe. So no, because if, if that was the truth in Back to the Future, then the movie would have been over halfway through. True, because Doc Brown did talk to himself. No, well, he did. that was a deleted scene where he talked to himself. It was? 
Well, that, that, that's that's that you're talking about at the end of the movie. I'm talking about in the middle of the movie when uh, Marty McFly's girlfriend sees herself as an old woman. True. Okay. Point taken. Anyways, she has to go back in time without having to have her. She can't visit the same day twice for some reason. We're going Doctor Who rules here. We just, we just pulled from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, Red Queen's Red Queen's to blame for it all. She kidnapped Hatter's family. They must now rescue the Hatter's family and make and have the Red Queen and her sister make up. Oh, and by stealing the time machine, you're also like destroying the world. So we have to get the time machine back just in time, of course. And in the end, all is well. And um, let's see here. Oh, and Alice's mom apparently has a random about face and says, screw the house, and she becomes a ship captain with her daughter. Which she has no training as a ship captain, and yeah, I think that's going to be an absolutely fantastic so, thing. If that just sounded really random and crazy, you have no fucking clue what we just said. It does make a little bit more sense when you watch the movie. When you're in the movie, when you're watching mm. the movie... It's easier to go with the flow, and uh, you know it what? It is I have easier to, s- to go with the flow, but that movie is so disjointed, and it did. Uh, it was a little bit more jointed than the first Alice. The first, but the thing is, the first Alice had something that it was building on. It was it built on the original story. This Alice kind of tries to do its own thing, and when I first saw it, when I first came out of the theater, I thought, okay, no, it did it well. After having time to think about it, because we saw this a week ago. Four days. Eh, whatever. Anyway, um, after seeing this, I gotta say, it was not, it did not do its job very well. I don't want to see this movie again. It's, you know, it's just not that good of a movie. I, I did really like it, and I have grown a little less enthused with time. I still, though, am interested in seeing it one more time, as well as the original, just because, or maybe I'm thinking being overcritical. I, I could be, I did, I felt the first one had, was just all over the place. Like, it, it made sense, but then there's a lot that was just like, wait, where did this come from? This one had a lot more things going for it that I like, so I do, mm-hmm. my initial reaction right now is still that I like Through the Looking Glass more than the original Alice in Wonderland. Once this comes out on Blu-ray, I would like to rent it and as well as rent the original can i do that um yeah they'll probably be five bucks each on amazon by then but i'd like to <laughs> check out both movies and just give them another chance you know just see a little bit more uh, just you know see if maybe i'm not giving a fair unfair match to be fair if i personally if i want to see a disjointed mess mess about alice in wonderland i'll just go to something that gives me my nostalgia factor and i'll watch the made for tv movie that came out in the 80s you know the one with uh carol channing and all and uh all these old 70s 60s stars that play in the roles yeah uh i have not seen this one aj remembers this very fondly I would talk more about that one, except it is not for sale anywhere, and it is quite annoying, because if it is... Pirate, <laughs> right. If it is something that, you know, would be really... You know, it would be a great way for them to cash in, just by re-releasing it. I mean, even just releasing it on Hulu or Amazon, Prime mm-hmm. Video, Netflix, something, gives it a little shot. You know, there's a lot of movies out there that it really irks me when you can't find them anymore, because... You want to revisit childhood. You want to have a second opinion. And 
things like Fantastic Four for the game remade and released, and we can find them everywhere. But this I can't find. Yeah. Now I do want to though, talk about because we've been ragging on this for a little while. Mm-hmm. There were some really shining points besides Sasha Baron Cohen, um, who again played this time beautifully. He was you forgot he was Bora. You forgot he was one of those all those other stupid characters. He did really well as personification that, of time. That's what Sasha Baron Cohen does. He does he. Do, he, gets, he disappears into his roles very well. Yes, he does very well. And then I really like the set pieces used for this film. So, first off, to this, get to Time's home, there, the castle that Time lived in was just beautiful. I will try and find some image stills if I can and put them up on the blog post just to give an idea. But I really, really like that design. It was something very beautiful and different. The design of that castle reminds me a lot, a lot of the castle... The castle of, I don't remember what the witch's name was, but in Return to Oz. Never saw Return to Oz. Okay, yeah. It's that headless witch who can switch her heads, the one that has the wheelies. And and funny enough that i thinking about that, that, not only does that castle remind me of that, he also has little minions called seconds who can form into minutes, who can form into hours. And these minions, remind, especially one, his main butler, reminds me a lot of... Um, was his name TikTok from Return to Oz? Don't look at me. I didn't Clockwork see. Robot from Return to Oz. If you haven't seen it, give it a shot. It's kind of a cool little creepy thing from the '80s that Disney did. I will repeat creepy because from I've well, I've not seen it. I have watched a lot of I love the '80s and I love the '90s from VH1, and this was talked about at length as being super creepy. And um, so it's definitely on my to watch list. <laughs> uh, other things is there was a lot of creativity with some of the days that Alice went back to in time. There was a quite a there's a lot of different set pieces, so there was a lot of different everything didn't look the same, so it made the different areas look really pretty. So to compare, it's sort of like that movie three hundred where story was in but the visuals really made the film. So cinematography at that was should get an award just for everything they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else that I liked was the storyline they gave to the White Queen and the Red Queen and the Queen of Hearts. They were sisters, and they actually gave a reason for why the sisters were feuding. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to make her redeemable because she was marketable. Yeah, but they they gave a they gave a flaw to the White Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she learned anything from it. Of course not, because she didn't. Because you know, I'm sorry. She does something in this movie that shows she never learned her fucking lesson until she felt the consequences of her act, or the full consequences of her actions. Well, here, here's the spoiler. Basically, when they were kids, the mother said, "Okay, no more sweets. Go out and play. Leave me from the kitchen." Well, the white queen comes back in, and she's like, "What? Seven or eight or something?" Seven or eight. She comes back, eats the last tart. Well, no, she steals the tart and she eats it in the bedroom and actually spills some. Eats it in her sister's bed bedroom, mind you. The mom comes in. And asked the sister, uh, and is like, who took these? You shouldn't have taken them. The Red Queen says, oh, sh-, you know, the White Queen took them. Well, Mom asks her, and the White Queen lies because she's seven or eight and... Doesn't want to get in trouble. Yeah, doesn't want to get in trouble. Um, so the mom immediately goes, okay, that's it. You're in trouble to the Red Queen. The Red Queen blows a fucking gasket mm-hmm. and just runs off because she's pissed off. And she ends up falling and hitting her head, and that's why her head's shaped like a heart. To be fair, though, as a kid, even as a kid, if that happened to you as a kid, you'd kind of blow a gasket, too, because you're just being treated unfairly. You're oh, not, yeah. 
But then that becomes the basis for their entire lives. Because then, now they're a little bit older, and it's time for the, you know, Red Queen to be, Queen of Hearts to be taken for the kingdom. But the crown won't fit her heart-shaped head, and so she has not learned to be have humility. She's just basically getting pissed off. The townspeople are also all jerks because they're laughing at her. But the, the problem is, is that every single time, every... <coughs> Oh, excuse me. Every single time that the White Queen has a chance to own up on the fact that she lied, she never does. She doesn't until the ass end of the movie. When no one can see it but her and her sister. Exactly. So she's, she's, it's basically those, hey, I'm sorry, but don't tell anyone. Yeah. And so if you think about the real villain is the White Queen because... You know what? She's the perfect sister. She doesn't have any. She doesn't have any faults, and you know she she does do things wrong. And as someone who was siblings and one sibling who was always causing trouble, and parents didn't. We're not going to that. Basically, anyway. point is one. I have a sibling that. Just, just, just stop it right there. Yeah. Not. Yeah, not, it's not something to get into it. No. Basically. Um, she she likes this movie because she's seeing parallels with her own childhood. Me, personally, I don't have those parallels. It's just, to me, kind of a disjointed mess. Yeah. It, uh, there are Now, to be fair, we were talking about the good things we like about this movie. We sure. And for me, the one thing I really did enjoy about this movie is the, the type of time travel that it shows. Because you have, you know, you know, if you're back to the future time travel, which you have the branching paths, and then you have, you know, which comes into whole an infinite universe theory, then you you have a whole bunch of different kinds of time travel out there. This one proposes the idea of, you know, everything happens for a reason. It's one set stream. Things you can't change what's going to happen. You can't change the past. You can learn from it. You can learn from it. But that that's, but in essence, that's just saying that time itself is one long, one road one road. That if you find a time travel machine, it was meant to happen because you now need to go back to the past to do whatever it was that you did that caused the present to happen, which is what happens. So Fry's his own grandpa. Exactly. That was a Futurama reference for those who don't know. Yes, it's the Fry's your own grandpa idea of time travel. You exist because you only exist because you went back in time and slept with your grandma, thus becoming your own grandfather. Yes. Makes perfect sense. Anyway, okay. You don't see it used that often. So, that's yeah. why I liked it. Anyway, so, that's really the only really positive thing I have to say that I haven't already said about this movie. What was it? Anything else? Um, one thing that I like that you had pointed out to me is, again, this has to go back to me needing to rewatch the first film. But, in the first film, the Mad Hatter and everybody was really, really super overly excited for Alice to show up at the tea party. Mm-hmm. This movie explains why, and it's because when Time is looking for Alice, he actually freezes the Mad Hatter and everybody else. He, well, not mad. Oh. He wasn't mad at the point. He freezes the Hatter and everyone until it's one minute till tea time, and they will be stuck at one minute to tea time until Alice shows up. But the thing about that is, is that they it still makes no sense that they were so happy in the first movie because, you know, she originally showed up when she was a little girl and broke that spell. True. This whole podcast right here has just been disjointed, so I'm going to apologize for that. But that was, you know, it's a lot to take in. It, this kind of thing happens when you're discussing a movie that has da, 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 time travel. 
Well, no, because I'm sure we can discuss an episode of Doc- uh, Doctor Who a bit, and it'd make a little bit more sense. Doctor Who's a lot la- uh, is a lot more linear, oddly odd enough to say, but it is. Also, I think that um, Davies spends a little bit more time on the script than they did for this movie. Yeah. Can you say cha-ching, cash cow? Oh, yeah. So, the now we talked about what was good, we talked about what was bad. Overall, again, still something I'd be interested to see again, but... If you are, I would say if you find, if you saw the trailers and, and you halfway, halfway liked the first movie and you saw the trailers and you thought it'd be interesting, go check it out. Doesn't have to be the $20 D-Box tickets you see, but Tuesday matinee or something, check it out and form your own opinion. Because and what I like and what AJ likes are different things. And it might not be what you like. Now, if you're, if you're of my mindset where you saw the first movie and um, it was okay. Okay, there were a few things that just took you completely out of it, like, ahem, futterwhacking. You know, if you if that was your mindset going in, going away from the first movie, then you know what? Don't buy your ticket to this movie. Go wait till it's on Blu-ray, wait till it's on DVD, rent it at a red box, see it on Netflix, on Hulu, whatever it comes out on. Just you don't have to pay the money and the hassle of going to see it at a theater. Yes. Um. And by the way, just so you know, if you go see it in theaters, it is a Disney movie. doesn't matter that the Angry Birds movie just came out. Kids. There will be children talking throughout the whole film. Kids. Oh, that reminded me of the best oh, part. Oh, yeah, that's right. There is a legit jump scare in this movie. And uh, it, it's not a legit jump scare, but it led to one of my favorite reactions I've ever heard in a movie theater. I actually, hearing a kid actually get legitly, you know, surprised and react to a jump scare. And I have not heard that in forever. And it, because when you're not expecting jump scares, because you think, I think jump scares, I'm thinking Freddy Krueger's going to jump out in a moment or something, Mm -hmm. a film of that nature. Not a Disney film, not this, not Alice in Wonderland, for sure. But we all, we've all been trained to know when a jump scare is coming. coming. Either we get the long, the long one note in a, in, in music you know, all the, you know, Jaws, you know, dun, 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 there's something that leads you up to it, that builds up to it, or you get the silence in the music, where it's just, you're like, oh, it's tense, da, 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 boom, but in this movie, there is a point in, you know, in the time, in Time's Castle, where something jumps out, and we're right behind us, little kid just goes, ha, and Fantastic! I, I I loved it. I, yeah. Actual genuine reactions from kids like that. Yeah. I I'm all for. And the kids seemed to enjoy the rest of the movie. This wasn't a traumatized child. Just for the record, it was just. Yeah. Kid enjoyed the movie and he got his money's worth. Yeah. Or mom's money worth, but whatever. <laughs> so now it's time for us to ask a question because we want to engage the audience more and we'd love to hear from you. Please. We're bored. We need to talk to people, not just each other. The dog won't let us leave the house, please. We need human contact. I'm pooping in the litter box. Okay, that's not true. Mostly. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) we want to know, have you seen, did you see the original Alice? Did you see Through the Looking Glass? If so, which one did you like better? Do you like them equally? Do you or think you, they both tanked, and would you rather just go back and watch the Disney cartoon version from the 50s? Or or even, you know, just any version of Alice that you've seen, what's your favorite? What, you know, 
what is the one that, you know, touched you the most? You know, not in that way. Stop it. Stop thinking about it. Stop it. Said no. Anyway. Um, and yes, that, that, keep in mind, that's the reason, me saying that, no one bring up the Alice in Wonderland porno. Okay? We know it's a musical. We know that the musical bits are actually good, and we know it got released as an R rating, taking out all the porno parts. We don't care. Where's this we <laughs> stuff? I've never heard of this. We're going to have a discussion later about what films are appropriate to discuss on here. I'm just saying, if anyone is listening who's an adult and has seen this and they want to bring this up as a joke, good for you. You saw, you saw something obscure. And if you actually believe it is better than the big Hollywood productions, it's possible. Let us know. Because you know what? We love to encourage different opinions. Everyone can be nice and... You might learn something new, like I just learned there's this film that exists that for some reason I now want to see. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I've opened Pandora's box. Okay. Last but at week the bottom, we... there's hope. And uh, hope is blowing danger. Anyways. <laughs> so, yes, please leave us a comment at the blog post at www.nonoms.net. That's nonoms.net. You can leave a comment at the blog post. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All the links are on the website as well. Um, and, you know, we'd love to engage with you, hear what you think. Um, if you have any comments, suggestions, criticisms, constructive, please let us know as well, because we're, we're here for you. Um, and I'd like to mention, if you do like the show, even a little, little tiny, tiny bit, do you happen to have a dollar that you can spare? Because you can become one of our patrons on Podbean. Yes, this is a great thing. It helps us grow, and you can find a link and more details at nonoms.net. That said, I would like to thank all of our listeners today. If you have, you know, if you're looking for something to listen to next, why not pick up an audiobook? Go check out audibletrial.com slash SMP, and you can get a 30-day free trial of Audible. It includes a free ebook. Um, not ebook, audiobook that you get to keep even if you do cancel your membership. And it's just something great to listen to when your favorite podcasts maybe don't have an episode out that week. Or you've just been listening to a lot of podcasts and need something different. Or you've run out of content. I know, I know, you'll never run out of content. But it's a thought. Uh, I also want to thank our listeners on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn. All these wonderful places. You can check out the different apps. Uh, Stitcher allows you to listen anytime, anywhere. And you can find this app at stitcher.com or in the app store um and i'd like to just thank you once again for listening and we will see you next saturday bye bye bye